called again. Good morning to you. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. Remember that coat you put away? Get, get it get it back out again before you walk outside. It's just, uh, don't worry, it could be 80 tomorrow. We'll find out. Uh, so, I got to tell you that we've had some discussions about the fact that people take their pets with them everywhere. Vacations. Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. You can take your pet with you. Pet-friendly hotels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Getting them on airplanes, whatever it might be. Driving across country with Fido in the back seat. But now in the city of Chicago, and, and count me as one that didn't know this wasn't allowed, dogs will be allowed in bars, which immediately led me to think, so in dog years, how old does a dog have to be to drink? You really shouldn't give your dog alcohol. No? Two and a half? I guess that'd be three, right? 21, oh, 7, yeah. 14, uh, Okay, 21. okay. Yeah, order, seven, order so, a virgin, Mary. So if it's a, a three-year-old dog, it can drink mm-hmm. in the bar. Under three, you just can't drink in the bar. But, but you they, can now bring your your favorite pup into the bar. But they still have to step outside to smoke. The dog. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, Except if you're smoke. at Richard's bar. <laughs> so bars can now admit dogs. And it strikes me as, I mean, we're just getting to the point where. Bars that don't serve food. That well, that was the issue, wasn't it? It, was, yeah, it, it was had something food. to do with lemons and limes are considered. Yeah, the garnishes food. were considered food, so the pups couldn't be in those bars. I, I yeah. can't Just even, nothing with a frilly drink. Right. I don't know the last time I was in a bar that didn't have food, though. That's the crazy yeah. part. Yeah, yeah most these bars are, do, don't yeah, they? So these Happy are hour real items. neighborhood bars, I think. Yeah. Where I think you would find more. I, I wouldn't think of bringing my dog to, well... Maybe I would. Man's I have, best friend. Why not I man's best brought, drinking pal? I have brought my dog to outside places. I mm-hmm. have. I actually, I spent a whole day right down here at Lizzie's bar, down the street from us. Um, outside, I wouldn't think. I just wouldn't walk in with really? my dog. But See, you know I think there's so many people out there that don't think twice. They take their dog oh, yeah. everywhere. Why wouldn't they and take you know it to what? the bar? These are the same people who walk in your house with their dog. No. Drives me up a wall. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, never have I ever had someone show up at my house no. and bring their pet. Yeah. My neighbors just do it all the time. They'd come over and they'd they come would, over with, with their with dog. With their big dog, and they would walk in like, with the dog. I'm like, hey, hey, how you doing? hey. Here's Bob, here's, here's Sally, here's Fido. Yeah. Really? Yep. That's okay, how, that is odd. But yeah. those are the people, I think, who go to the bars with their dogs. Those are the well, people. They, they think, think twice everywhere. about it. They don't think twice about it. I think twice about it. They go to the Target with the dog. They yeah, go on no. the airplane with the dog. They go to the doctor's office with the dog. Why would they go to the bar with the dog? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's just I, what they do. I don't do. think I want to sit outside. I'm fine. Outside bar, great. I don't want to sit inside anywhere with a dog. I don't know that dog. Dogs bite. I don't know that. I don't know that. Does dog. your dog bite? <laughs> no. How you doing? <laughs> that is not my dog. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know whose dog that is. Not my dog. I, it's just. I it's, guess I'm. I'm. And I'm not even the dog owner. Yeah. I haven't had a dog in forever and a day. Um. I, it doesn't bother me. I'm so used to just having people everywhere with their pets it's just become the norm and i'll admit that it kind of changed over time and recently last 10 15 20 years whatever it is we're just all of a sudden everywhere you go like i can't get in an elevator in my building without a dog Uh, they're 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 you know and i live next to a dog park it's so Uh, weird to see them at stores it just really and people and you know what i think dog owners have pushed it they 
What do you, you mean? They just bring their dogs. And if you yeah. say, oh, I'm sorry, no dogs, it's a service dog. It's my emotional it's support my emotional, cockatoo. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> so is it only dogs I can bring to bars? I can't bring other pets. Oh. Mm, so, you know, if you have a talking parrot, you know, well, even if it doesn't talk, let's say it's a moot parrot. Uh, can you bring it in? Cats. <laughs> can you bring your cat to the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I want to see it on a leash. Take it oh, for a yeah. drag. Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> I would yeah. bring my cat to the bar. He's pretty sociable. Yeah. Yeah, but he'd be mm-hmm. walking all over the bar. You know, cats, they go wherever they want. No, they 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 wandering want. around. Whenever Jump my boyfriend top. and I cracked a, a claw, a white claw. A claw, he, as we like, as the kids wow. like to call it. <laughs> I, Crack a claw. <laughs> I'm thinking you're eating crab. crab. I had to I had to rephrase that. Yeah. Um, but he'll just sit right next to us or he'll come super duper close to my can and sniff it a little bit. Lick it. He's a cool guy. Or cat. Your cat is an alcoholic at its age already. Ooh, a little bit. So little bit. how far is this going? So you can now bring your doggie to the bar, but now we're learning about more and more people who their pet is influencing their housing decisions, where you choose to live, the type of house, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, being dictated in some way, shape, or form by your dogs. Well, right off the bat, if you're renting, right? And There's like pet. limits, aren't there? Well, but you, you know, you've got to go to a place that no, a lot of places don't allow pets. Yeah, you or they pet. only allow certain ones, right? Or up to or a certain up size, certain size, right? Exactly. But I mean, right off the bat, if you're if you're a renter, you've got to rent, and you have a, an animal, you've got to rent somewhere where they accept pets. Right off the bat, and a lot of places, like I said, don't. As far as buying a house, like How crazy is that? Uh, okay, so like I, I need a fenced in yard. Yeah, right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on this house and get this one, so Fluffy has a a, a fence. In I head. put a fence up once we got a dog. Well, you can put a fence. Up. I did put one up, and I did think about the resale uh, value of how that another pet owner would like that. I live across the street from a park. Another great selling point. Yeah. For someone with and uh, it's amazing uh, the park. It's that's all the park is. You would think it would be filled with children. It is not. It is filled with people <laughs> and their animals. Kids don't do that. No. Kids they, are inside. Yeah. They're playing Roblox. Yeah. They go to the park. <laughs> they're they're they, not going to the park. They take the dog off the leash, which they're not supposed to, but who oh. cares? They let the dog run around. They play ball. We all do it. Breaking the law. Breaking yeah, the law. I do it too. How about this? People are re... And by the way, they're even willing to give their names. Uh, amazing. Enough. The McGowans. Who redesigned their house. Did a, a you know, did a bit of an upgrade. And added pet-friendly things to their house. For example, they built in a shelf for the dog's bowls in the kitchen. So it has a built-in place for food and water bowls. Dang. Right? They also ripped out carpeting and put in hardwood floors yeah, for the, the accidents that may happen. A lot right? easier yeah. to clean up. A lot yeah. easier to yeah. clean, yeah. isn't it? And they, yeah, they actually went ahead and did this. They even built a stone patio and limited landscaping in their fenced backyards, you know, so the dogs had a nicer place to play. Yeah. I mean, if they were really cool, they would have put like a little fake fire hydrant. You know Why what I mean? Like one? in the backyard, get a real, yeah. yeah. Okay, hello. Hydrant, we used like, to take, when we used to board our dog at our old borderer. Borderer? Um, borderer. 
Uh, her husband was a fireman, and they had a, a fire hydrant in their backyard. See? Yeah. Totally sold me. I was like, oh, we'll be coming here. Thank you. My dad bought a fire hydrant at the city surplus sale. <gasps> Municipid. I could get one at Municipid for yeah. my... Oh, my God. I see, I think he's paid $25 for it. Oh, By the way, deal. it's heavy. Yeah. yeah. Put it's it in the trunk of the car and put it in our carport. <laughs> and people would come by and say... How do you have a fire hydrant in your carport? Did they pee on it? Thankfully not. <laughs> because because Lucky would that immediately. That would inappropriate. My neighbor's coming over, peeing on that. <laughs> well, what's a fire hydrant? Sounds normal in my neighborhood. Right? That's normal, standard, <laughs> operating. Yeah, yeah. Let me just say, I'm on Facebook right now, and I just happened to, this first thing that came up was this little dog, Poonchki's four-year-old birthday today. Oh, the happy pictures, birthday. The oh, pictures happy birthday, are incredible. Poonchki. Happy birthday. Cake. Hat. He's wearing a hat. He's got cookies. He's got gifts. Dark I don't people. think dogs like to wear hats. Yeah, no. I think dogs. That's why they get Wait, that like sad look on there, and they're like, the, seriously, other dogs are looking at me right now. They're very judging. Sad. They're judging. But me. the picture, it, the background, it looks like he's at a studio, a photo studio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I went to Glamour Shop. This is what you to call get that done. A, no, overboard. It's an animal. We need to go get your birthday pictures down yeah. at Glamour Shots. I bet you five bucks that Spot. dog has more followers than you. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Bigger social media does. presence. Yeah. The dog has more TikTok followers. That's fantastic. <laughs> and a good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, Cheese on your Thursday. You're almost Friday. Um, and how many of you have ever had a problem with your Apple iPhone, or I'm going to throw iPads in there. How about this? With your iPod. Oh. So, Miranda, back in the day, they used to have this thing, and it was small, and it just had music on it. You couldn't talk on it. You couldn't text on it. You just carried your music around. Yeah, I had a, um, what are those things called? The shuffles? The iPod shuffles? You were, what, two years old? Three? Six. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> Apple has created a business model where if something breaks or goes wrong, you got to go back to them. Yeah, There's nobody else that can fix this. Specifically, and I didn't know this until I tried to fix one myself. <laughs> you need to have specific tools that only Apple has to even like open up your iPhone. This is after you try the rice. After you've put it in a thing of rice. <laughs> Yes, there was a time where I toilet. had to have pounds of rice at my house at all times. You were your your iPhone so just stupid. lived Not in me, rice. Me, my stupid children, stupid kids. Yeah, they would be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> do you have some rice?" And of course, they would use like pounds a of a lot it. of rice. Ridiculous. Yeah, it, it did work sometimes. Sometimes it worked, but when it doesn't, you had to take it to you had to make your appointment. This something. Well, that might be about to change, and I think it's under a certain amount of pressure that Apple has finally come to the realization. That some people out there um, would either like to fix the phone themselves or I think what's more realistic is like a third party vendor. You know, these we fix phones oh, yeah. because I, th I a lot of those places now they have they have the technology. Oh, they yeah. have like bootleg tools. They made it themselves. They have end arounds. But iPhone or Apple finally threw in the towel. Right, it's their self-service repair program. The, the problem was, if you fixed it, now you're in trouble because if anything 
happened while you fixed it. Well, you tried to that fix was it. On now yeah. the warranty's not even valid. Right. Right. So Throw you, it away. Yeah. Actually, I think this is a devious plan on Apple's part. Oh, you think they're up to something? Well, fix your own phone. Oh, you messed it up more. Now you really got to bring it. It's going to cost you more. Yeah, this is the I, careful I, I, what yeah, you wish for, exactly. right? Oh, you want to fix it yourself? Go ahead. See yeah. how that works out for you. Yeah, we have a bunch of, we have booby traps installed in this thing. Because it used to be that they could tell if you even opened up yeah. the back. It had a seal on it. And if you had broken the seal, that was called you know, jailbreaking your phone. Remember that? Oh, my God, you got to jailbreak your phone. That they could tell. And basically, yeah. once you opened it up, you could never take it back to Apple. You, right. you'd, yeah. you you'd, you'd broken the I code. Mean, they had the market on it, for sure. Yeah. And actually, and this is kind of part of a broader uh, picture, I guess, this right to repair. Yeah, because that was the argument that there were companies out there, Apple maybe being the most popular one. Yeah, by far. Where you were forced to go to them for the tools, the replacement parts, and the, the tech, the person who did the work, and you couldn't have it repaired anywhere else. So therefore, it was a, a closed loop, right. if you will. And that how fair is that on some level that you didn't even have the ability to shop around? Because when you go get your stuff fixed from Apple, it's not cheap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It ain't well, cheap. You want your screen replaced? Whew. Yeah, you know, it's so expensive. Yeah. At one point, I was paying, I want to say maybe $10 a month for Luke. I had had enough with the rice. And he was, <laughs> you know, which is we were going through ten bucks a month right, in rice, exactly. so we might as well, well get Apple Care. And he's one of those phone users who, if he buys a phone that's supposedly waterproof, well, he's going to test it out. Go he's going to throw it right in the pool. Let's see what happens. See, I, it's ridiculous. Go take underwater photos, right? So, and you know, these kids today—they're just kids. precarious with their phones. They yeah. have them on the side of the pool, or it's just you know, whatever. Right. They don't take good care of them. Anyway, I was paying this monthly fee. Mm. That I, I think we probably did use twice. So, but really in the long run, what a racket again. It's a racket. I said, I'm not paying this anymore. Phone insurance. Yeah, but it's crazy how, I mean, this little tiny machine we use, it, it's really costs so much. Have you tried to fix anything on your own? I think more and more things are getting this way. Think about cars. <laughs> you know, there are people, you know, I grew up in a time where, Everybody fixed their car, changed their oil. You'd walk by garages, get the hood yep. up, you know, yeah. and got your craftsman tools out. You open up the hood of a car today, and you're like, okay, so where are we? Okay, I don't even know what that is. So we're going to have to Google what is that thing. I literally, so. Well, now it's a chip, right? It's not it's even all something you can do. Yeah, you just got to get a new chip. You need to have a, you need to be able to code computer as opposed to, you know, be able to, to tune a carburetor. Yeah. I bought my dad's 2006 Toyota two years ago. It was the first time it had ever been in for an oil change. I'm sorry, 2006. what? He, my dad did every oil change on that car. Oh, I thought you meant he oh, never changed no, 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 the oil. No, no. I go, well, this and sounds like an ad for Toyota. No, no, no. He ne and I'm 100,000 miles without changing the oil. 2006 Toyota, it runs beautifully. Yeah. But he never did took it. himself. It. Yeah, and then he was all telling me what to do when I got, you know, asked for this and that. And I'm like, it's an oil change at Jiffy Lube. <laughs> they know what they're doing, Dad. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Sure, he was like, Jiffy Lube, what's that? Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, never taken a vehicle in for an oil change. There you See? go. And I've yeah. never taken a vehicle in for a brake job. Nick is a man. Oh, yeah, brakes too? Yeah. 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 Come on, Judy. I just spent it's only the most important dollars. part. Hello? 
Not how fast you can go. I'm going to go to Nick's garage next time. Yeah, go to Nick's garage. But I bet, unfortunately, you can't repair your, you know, John Deere if you have one of those because that's part of this, what we were just talking about. Oh, parts. You can't get parts. They make sure you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but think about some of the newer cars. How about this? Think about electric cars. How the hell do you fix that? Yeah. How, I mean, I, you, have you ever seen like what the motor looks like a for flux that? Flux capacitor power. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, uh, is that nuclear? Can't, can't, can't get one of those at Napa. No. <laughs> not yet anyway. Not. And so the do-it-yourselfer, the the home fixer or whatever, yeah, that that that's going to go. I, there's a ton of things that I can, yeah. I've tried to fix that I can't I can't fix because they're just too. Things have, have have progressed to the point where you need it's expert. just well past my knowledge level, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to fix some of those things. I can change light bulbs. I can do that now, yeah. right? I got go that down. Plug in if I had to, but yeah, I can't. Can find you gap it, it? Yeah. Can you gap it? No. Yeah. So that don't put spark plugs in. <laughs> Right, Nick. Let's have him. Yeah, probably, don't just, yeah. Don't just screw him in because no. this is no, gonna no, no, no. this is gonna end worse yeah, for you. You need your little gapping tool. You have a gapping you know, tool. Thirty thousand. You need to know how much. Hey, you're I can gapping. change a tire, but why would I? Because I have AAA. There is that. There you yeah. go. Right. Yeah. Lazy. <laughs> I know. I'm never changing a tire again. You Ever. Kids. I was. I was. Uh, uh, I was driving to work once with my boss. My boss had picked me up. We had to go to an early morning meeting. Mm-hmm. Picked me up, and uh, we're driving. We get a flat tire going to this meeting. And he's like, oh, my God. He's all freaked out. He's in a suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't know what he's going to do. And I go, we got a spare, don't we? Yeah. And I pop the trunk. He's like, well, I'll call AAA. Well, you do what you got to do. I have, I have the tire changed in roughly under five minutes. <laughs> yeah. He, he never let me live it down. He used to tell everybody, he goes, it was like a NASCAR pit stop. <laughs> and he said it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. He goes, anytime I get a flat tire now, I call Bruce. <laughs> Come over and change the tire for me. Hey, still time for our criminal of the day, though. I got to give a shout out to Rukesh Sadhai of Australia, who whose picture shows up when you Google gullible and stupid. <laughs> Not really. Actually, yes, it does. Um, <laughs> allegedly, Rukesh was sad when his marriage failed. Now, instead of buying a Corvette, getting hair plugs, and hanging out at Russian Division, he went a different direction that landed him in a spot of trouble. Started with looking for love in all the wrong places. Specifically, the arms of a prostitute. Oh, Mr. Nice. Sadai quickly ran out of his own money, so he began embezzling cash from his employer to finance his romance. He managed to steal undetected for almost two years and handed over, are you sitting down, $838,780 to the Aussie call girl. And before your mind goes directly to the gutter, the majority of cash was just Handed over to our hooker with a heart, who sold Rukesh a sob story about needing money for ransom. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Sadai is facing years in jail for stealing the money, and his mom ponied up half a million dollars to re- reimburse his employee. That had to be an awkward conversation, wow. right? Yes. So, for stealing over 800 grand from your employer, to just hand over to the prostitute and receive nothing in return, oh. might I point out. You, uh, Rukesh Sadhai, 
or the recent James Hill criminal of the day. All suspects described above <laughs> should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. We've got breaking news, <gasps> so get ready. Sitting down. Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello have broken up. Oh, come they on! just announced it last night on Twitter or Instagram or some social media. Who site, and who? Exactly. Oh, that was exactly my Nick. sentiment. I thought it was forever. Judy? Wow. Yeah, thought it was forever. Who cares? <laughs> um... <laughs> Drug overdoses, unfortunately, in the U.S., top 100,000 for the first time ever. That's a 28% hike over the year before, driven mostly by opioids, Bruce. The Rittenhouse jury spent all day yesterday deliberating, but with no verdict. And it seems that a lot of the uh, discussion right now centers around a drone video and how much they should watch it, how much they can watch it. And were there different versions of it? Possible mistrial? Hmm? We'll keep an eye on that. And actually, in just a little bit, we're going to be talking to ABC News' Jim Ryan, who is up there in Kenosha. So, you know, when I, I, I still, I'm frustrated with some of the attitudes that we continue to have towards COVID and mitigations because it just strikes me. That on an almost daily basis, we're going to get some little piece of news or some little nugget about up here, down there. And I just wonder, I I think we're at the point where most of it's gone in one ear and out the other. Honestly, I, I, I don't think that there is a major headline out there that's actually going to pique people's interest. But we do know that when you're seeing... The numbers, when you're actually looking at the hard numbers of COVID cases, it's going up with a specific group. And that group are teenagers. It's young people. That's where the numbers are going up. But I I always feel the need to add this in. The deaths are not going up. Okay. So people are getting sick. Yes. They're recovering. Yes. So I can look at that and go, why should I care? Okay. Then you throw Thanksgiving into it. And now I can see where if the young, young group, the youngest group out there has the highest cases and they are traveling around, hanging out with family, sharing pumpkin pie, whatever it might be. Are we going to see this surge, explosion right. I mean, that's always after been Thanksgiving? The, they warned us last year for that. One, but I mean, that, that's what happens when the groups that are getting it, like the young, the kids now, they're around other people, of course, and that's how it just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Because they're relatively resilient to this. Yeah, but their grandparents might not be, or, you know, they're their parents, or... And as we know, you, even but if you're vaccinated, many of these people vaccinated. Yes, but you can still get sick. That's even though you're vaccinated, you don't want to get sick. It's not vac- having a vaccine isn't like, oh, you're not vaccinated and you might have COVID. Well, I'm vaccinated, so I'm like super. No, but, not how it works. You but, still don't want to get it. But being vaccinated helps for the most part means I won't have a severe reaction. Right. Hopefully, you won't die. Well, very few people that are vaccinated die. I mean, it's minuscule uh, compared to those. Unvaccinated right. that die. It, it's not even comparable. It's not close. So do, will this change people's Thanksgiving plans? No. Again, I just don't know what information out there would fundamentally change 
whether you're going to. Well, I think parents are now. I think this is a parents are paying attention, of course, because it involves their kids. And like you say, yeah, most of them are recovering. Sometimes they don't. I, when you have a kid, even if there's, if you have a chance of one, one out of you know a thousand of you will get this disease and die. Your parent, you're, you're going to take every precaution, even if it's just one, because you don't want it to be your kid. But those of you with school age kids know. They're sick all the time. Yeah. They bring something home every other week. Yeah. Not They're usually, constantly but not usually sick. something deadly. But as we are getting more and more kids vaccinated, five, five and up, five plus, I guess you'd say, eligible for the vaccine, but they won't be vaccinated, fully vaccinated by Thanksgiving, will no. they? Mm, that's the Love other part. Because it took, so. what, six weeks? I can't even remember. It was yeah, so long ago. How long was it between your first shot and your second shot? Uh, Is it six weeks, five weeks, something like that? I don't remember. If you if you did the dual, yeah. Yeah. dual dose. It was a couple weeks at least, I know that. So speaking of the two, is fully vaccinated no longer two doses? If someone asks you, are you fully vaccinated, is the answer only yes if you've had the booster? What what constitutes fully vaccinated? Well, I think Hmm. fully vaccinated right now is two, but I think that's going to change. Okay. I think it's going to be three at some point, right? Because I I have three. I guess I'm fully vaccinated. You're fully, fully vaccinated. Fully, fully. I got to add two fullies? Did you? You got the booster yeah, yet? Oh, I did. So I'm the only one that doesn't have it yet. You're oh, not fully man. vaccinated. Well, but that's okay because it's not. People are getting it, but you. I, I don't know that the CDC has said everyone should get now the booster. It's still, if you're older, if you have yeah, a condition, yeah. if you have some sort of a extenuating circumstance. So don't feel bad. Because I, yeah, feel, like, feel, I bad. feel like you feel like you're left out. You are. We we didn't mean to leave you out. <laughs> we left you out. Yeah, you guys went together. Uh, I know. He got a meatball sub sad, without me. I know. Like, no. You know, where'd you go? Secret, where'd you get secret. yours? Yeah. yeah. No, don't worry about it. You're with But the booster Americans. shots are extremely easy to get. Yeah. Uh, it is nothing like the first round when you were having to drive across state lines or, you know, People coming from Canada. Remember these these oh stories gosh. we heard of people traveling hither people and getting yon. in front of the you know indigenous people to get exactly. it up and get some little Canadian province. A, yeah. Oh, those rich people. Yeah, kicking kicking the. Uh, they were arrested and charged and arrested and kicking the natives out of the way so yeah. that you can go get your shot. Are you remember the tribe? As far as you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me the shot. I'm moving on. That the, there is a what plentiful supply. Yeah. At this point, that we see, and, and the the dose is only half. So that might be why. Is it only half because it's one shot or it's even half of the normal shot? No, it's half of the normal vaccine. I happen to ask. Okay. Um, So So the booster vial is is basically half half. of what a normal dose would be. Mm -hmm. Did not know that. And yes, they do have. Because I think we're at the point where people who are going to get vaccinated are, are they're vaccinated. Right. We have some people still doing it. Great. But I think we're, you know. But Things does, have calmed down until there's enough that, vaccine. Doesn't that prove the point we ought to be moving on? We are where we are. We're at the numbers we're going to be at. And we just take our chances from here. And maybe it thins the herd a little bit. And Okay. I'm I'm all right with that. I, I'm not worried for myself in the slightest. In the slightest. I'm no more concerned about getting COVID and becoming deathly ill than I am of a plane falling out of the sky and hitting me. I'm just not. Could happen any day. 
Just doesn't. It's just not a, not not yeah. something uh, well, I worry about. Well, maybe once they get through all the kids, the, yeah. it'll finally be over. Over. Hey, good morning. Uh, DJ Cheese over there with little Foo Fighters for you. She's Judy Pilate. I'm Bruce St. James. And look at this. We're joined by our friend. He is the man. Jim Ryan, live in Kenosha. Uh, Jim with ABC News. And, and Jim, needless to say, a, a lot of focus uh, right now on those jurors, on that courtroom. But we did have a little bit of, dare I say, drama yesterday with the defense asking for the second time, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, for a mistrial. What was that about? Yeah, this time, uh, a mistrial without prejudice, uh, meaning that Kyle Rittenhouse could go on trial again if that motion is granted. Uh, initially, I mean, the the, uh, the motion was made a couple of weeks ago was uh, was mistrial with prejudice, which would mean that he couldn't go on trial again. The judge never did rule on that one. He hasn't ruled on this most recent one either. It all relates to a piece of the drone video, Bruce, and you've probably seen this. Yes. Uh, you, you see the, the drones start to elevate, and there's some activity there in front of you. It's nighttime. It's kind of dark and, and hard to pick out what's happening anyway. But the defense says that the, the, the copy of the video that it received from the state was much blurrier than the one the state had. So they're not saying that, they, that the state did anything wrong. And, in fact, the, here's the whole explanation. You would think that they would transfer video among the two sides in a more sophisticated way, but they don't. Uh, the, the state was first in possession of that video, the drone video. And as part of discovery, the, the defense says, we need a copy of that. The, the state says, okay. Prosecutor gets his iPhone out. He does an airdrop to one of the defense attorneys. And, uh, unfortunately, his is an iPhone. That's why he can do an airdrop. Okay. Phone. The defense attorneys is an Android, and in that process, there is a loss or there's a compression of the video, okay. and it comes out looking blurry. Oh, for God's sakes! Yeah. So this technical thing, or this this uh, this you know, technological thing, I suppose is what caused the defense to have the nastier version of the video. The, the defense attorneys say, look, we would have, if we had had the clear video, you know, we, we would have uh, handled our case a little bit different, mm. you know, but we didn't but have the But they saw the clear video in court, right? They did. This all, though, but the whole misunderstanding or the whole issue didn't come up until after the case was closed. Mm -hmm. So Until eh, after yeah. the jury asked to see the video and the defense was like, uh-oh. Well, yeah, I think they knew about it beforehand anyway. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, the jury yesterday was asking to see video. I don't think that particular video was one of them. But uh, they did ask to see a lot of other video and, and were given the chance to do that. But not without some some haggling back and forth about that. Well, because it's, this basically gets into discovery, right, where the prosecution has a responsibility, well, a legal requirement to hand over evidence to the defense and the defense is saying the evidence you gave us well it's not exactly the same as the evidence you had so exactly. that is their their legal argument i suppose right. uh, there also was a bit of, uh, back and forth and we talk about this this is what it sounded like in the courtroom with the lawyers arguing about the jury requesting more of these videos mm -hmm. that i believe the jury should be able to watch them as they see fit I don't have a problem just sit here and just keep playing and playing and playing it. I don't think that's the right way either. That it's giving more emphasis to one piece of evidence. Yeah, but the judge ruled in favor of the prosecution. Yeah, right. that that if they want to, I think he said if they want to watch it a hundred times, they can watch it a hundred times. Yeah, it's you evidence. Know? Yeah, they get to choose what evidence they want to review.
Yeah, and it also points out how every little every little step of this results in uh, you know a, a, a hearing outside the presence of the jury. No. Even even when the jury says, "Hey, can we see some of the video?" Yeah, the two sides sit down and they say, "Well, how many times can they watch it? Can they watch it once? Can they watch it at fifty times?" The judge finally says, "Look, I don't care if they watch it a hundred times. You're right. That's on them." Uh, there also was the question about. The jury asked, is sending out a note saying, do we have to watch it in here in the jury room on this little TV set, or, or can we watch it on the big screen in the Ooh. courtroom? So another hearing was held about that. <laughs> we have to have a hearing for that, of the yeah. size of the TV. Is right. that normal, though, in most cases, Jim? Is it these little nuances, or is this are they really I, getting nitpicky in this case? I think it's a different kind of situation. I mean, it's a serious case, obviously, and and the kid could end up in prison for life, and so they're taking this very seriously, and every every tiny thing is going to be hashed out uh, between the two sides. So you can only imagine the jury sitting there saying, all we did was ask if we could watch the video in the <laughs> right? courtroom, and, and we haven't heard from them in two hours. What are we doing? And so, you know, they did finally get to go into the courtroom. Everyone was cleared out, judge included. No one was inside except the uh, bailiff. And the bailiff, by the way, went around looking through the courtroom to make sure there were no recording devices or anything electronic that could, you know, transmit what was happening inside. The jury came in. They watched the video. They uh, then went back to the jury room and then went home at about 4.30. Wow. Well, we're going to obviously keep an eye on this, and uh, thank you very much for lending some context. Do be careful outside that courtroom also. It looks yeah. like it's uh, been getting a little heated. A couple of arrests there yesterday. Yeah. All right. He's ABC News' Jim Ryan live in Kenosha, where the jury, just a couple hours from now, will begin deliberation day three. Uh, and I got I don't know. Are you surprised that we've gone a, two days yeah. of deliberation I'm without a... little a, surprised. Yeah. But... Count me as one. I, I, I would have thought they'd come to an agreement by now, but obviously that means that there are factions or a person, or persons inside there that, that don't agree, and they'll continue. Well, and I, I always, it always makes me feel good as an American when juries do take their time. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to do. They are deliberating. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I think because the case was a little bit, you know, crazy i mean some of the rulings so and they went so quick i think we just assumed the jury would go quick yeah because no, the trial didn't not last the way long. it works they need to look at everything yeah, i see what you did bruce judy and cheese on your thursday and a good morning to you um so the weather changed again as it does all right we went from yesterday where again saw, saw a guy wearing shorts yep I don't know if today's short stay. Uh, currently here downtown, about 36 degrees. Um, Not bad. 25, 30 degrees swing in some areas uh, in 24 hours. But I think we ought to get, this is kind of going to be our, our norm. And next week is Thanksgiving. We know a ton of people travel. Either they fly or they drive. There's buggies involved for the Amish. And what the weather next week dare I say, might be a challenge. Is that a nice way to put it? Um, you know, there's the potential for a significant storm system in the east. Oh, here we now, go. we might say, oh, thing, it's the east coast. Who cares? Oh, you should care if you're you flying. Should. Yeah, right. That yeah. will mess everything up. Well, absolutely. Yeah, as And temperatures are supposed to plummet as well. So, yeah, cold Thanksgiving. So, already, you can see where... I, I, I talked about this the other day, where... If you are going to, and I understand some people do this, so let's see Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is Thursday, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say Wednesday after work. 
you jump on a plane, right? Wednesday's going to be a busy flying day. Busiest day, right? Yeah, yeah. busiest day. So you're going to jump on a flight, plane Wednesday, and you think you're going to get exactly where you're going to go Wednesday. Mm. We'll see. <laughs> and then you've got that Sunday night, like the last flight out to get back to Chicago. Yeah. We're going to see about that. That if you haven't built any wiggle room in there, you, your vacation may start late and or be extended a little bit, whether or not you want it to be. Yeah. Because, like we said, we we already know that airlines are running, it's not a skeleton crew, I don't mean to make it sound worse than it is, but certainly not fully staffed. And every seat is taken. Every seat is full. So, so if you, so when a flight is, uh, when a flight is canceled or delayed, delayed and you're not going to make connections, there's no extra seats for those people just to jump on the next flight. Stand by. Uh, I, w- I was at a, um, I was standing at the gate. They had a flight canceled before us and it was a flight to Chicago and I saw the standby list and the standby list had like 60 people on it. I think there were three empty seats on the flight. And I'm like, I'm trying to do math. I go, you people aren't leaving for four days. I'm just kidding. I mean, when you, where, where are you going to sit down? Where are the seats? They just don't exist. And with bad weather predicted, especially on the East Coast over Thanksgiving, oh, this could really. Well, and don't forget the best snow potential would likely be from the great, uh, from the lake effect snow on the Great Lakes. Oh, wait, we have one right out here. We have one of the Great Lakes. Yeah, we have one of the I Great Lakes. I dare you say the greatest. Um, and, you know, think about O'Hare and Midway, really, but especially O'Hare. Well, listen, High they winds, can operate snow, in the bad rain. weather, but it well, slows everything down. And it seems like any sort of weather shuts things down these days. It's You know, I and I, what, we don't know what we don't know, I guess. I mean, high winds, I get it. You know, no. rain. Yeah, not so much. Thunderstorms. Lightning now. Lightning, they don't, lightning yes. in the area, they won't take off, right? Yeah, so it could be anything. Yeah, and and, and as we found out, you could have a storm in New York or Philly or Washington or Miami, and all of a sudden, your flight to Los Angeles is delayed, you yeah. know? I mean, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's this uh, uh, domino uh, effect that happens. So... For yeah, sure, the temperatures already. is it's going to be colder. So that's you start with that. Then we have to decide well, how you know what are the winds going to be like. I just changed my flight for next week, and I changed from a night flight to the first flight out in the morning. Is that a, is that a pro tip? I think it is, and here's yeah. why. If I'm on the last flight out, like I just said, the Wednesday night, I want to say it was like a nine p.m. flight. If there are any problems during the day. My flight's going to be one that gets screwed. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, everything gets bump, 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 bump. If I'm on the first flight, there's a better chance that my plane came in the night before and has just been sitting there waiting for humans. There's a better chance. Yeah, yeah. And if there is a problem, they've got all night to figure out how to rebook me, where else I can go, can you do a change flight through here or whatever. But if you're at the very end of the day, like you run out of options pretty quick. So I've given myself wiggle room. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you generally fly over Thanksgiving in, in years past? Yeah, always. So, yeah. so you know, it's always even in yeah, and it's going to be a nutty good and year, crazy. And, yeah, oh, without a doubt, like, during a normal year. I like would that I, I avoided it all. Like I've never flown over Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, because yeah. I, I don't want to. 
anything but Thanksgiving or yeah. even Christmas. So I I'm going to fly Thursday morning. What? During Thanksgiving Perfect. morning. Yeah. By the way, flight's completely full. But if you thought the, I'm going to fly. Here's the old thing. I used to fly on Christmas Day on the 25th all the time. Nobody flies. I think there'd be eight of us on the plane. The the, the, the flight attendant's got a Santa hat on. Oh, you you know what I'm present. saying? Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> packed. Yeah. Packed. Everybody flies. There's no more days that it's like, oh, there's nobody flies on this day. That day doesn't exist anymore. I thought here's something kind of interesting, and I know I've seen something similar right now, that American Airlines, British Airways, for example, are offering... Free COVID tests at the airport to try to encourage business travelers because a lot of these places require tests and, you know, they make you go somewhere beforehand. Now, at O'Hare, they have a COVID testing site in the airport. Do you need a test to get on a plane? You need a test for some countries okay so overseas before you get on the plane they don't let you fly there and then say oh by the way i don't have a test right. no you can't even get it's like part of your passport uh that you have to show the test prior to boarding and so they're going to offer free covid tests right then and there the the rapid tests the ones that are acceptable mm-hmm. and be able to hopefully speed up whether it's business or 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 leisure travel I saw something that in for Hawaii. Hawaii has a requirement right, right. now. Right, Hawaii I think is one of the states, but domestically, it, uh, right, no one else does. Yeah, that's, right. I just but Hawaii's that. special. And right. I saw the the flights to Hawaii. They had a whole section set off to the side where you had to get a wristband. It's like going to a nightclub. You had to get a wristband. Which meant you had to, you had to show your test or you had to do one of the tests in the airport or whatever. They give you a wristband because without the wristband, you couldn't get on the airplane. It didn't matter if you had a ticket. Because there was a time where you would get there and then they would make you quarantine for two weeks in a hotel at your expense. Oh God. So you're in Hawaii fun. and you can't leave your room. Yeah, yeah I don't think that yeah. ever happened. So they've either, gotten a little bit way. better about I'm not, it. I'm not buying that that was a thing <laughs> in and of itself. So I think, yeah, we just let us leave the listeners with the word prepare, people. Yeah, prepare. Thanksgiving th- next week could be a little ugly weather-wise in parts of the country. And that may affect some of your flying. Be smart. Have a plan. That's all I'm going to tell you. Have a backup plan. Just have a backup plan. Start thinking about it. All right? Pro tip from a regular flyer. I'm terrified where we're going with this. <laughs> Good morning, it's Bruce Judy and Cheese. <laughs> what is what is that? I put the wrong song in. Play it again. No. All right. Here. I thought that was a car coming. And that was- Hold that tiger, but there's a song with Target involved, and I picked, read the wrong one. Okay. Tiger, My bad. Target. <sighs> we both begin with T. <laughs> <laughs> begin with T. That's true. Uh, he's got an argument. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Thank you. He's, you're not wrong uh, when it comes to that. But uh, we are talking about Target. Target, right? Uh, one of the biggest retailers in the country, and certainly one that um, I have started to frequent more often, mostly because I live across the street from one. I don't have a choice anymore. It's where I go for everything. Like when I have a light bulb burnout, I run across the street and go, I gotta get a light bulb. You know, I, 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 a AAA battery, gotta go across the street, get a AAA battery. Yeah. I, 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 it's Target's easy. probably a go to store for a lot of people. For a lot of folks. Yeah, and, you know, and they're everywhere. Food. 
they have entire groceries in them too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But why is Target maybe specifically not as affected, impacted by all this talk of labor shortages and 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 having trouble finding employees? What's going on with Target? Well, it's it's hard to pick out one thing, but you know what? They pay fifteen dollars an hour now. Okay. Uh, spot bonuses during the pandemic benefits. Uh, they're going to pay two dollars more an hour to staff who work every Saturday and Sunday from the twenty. Oh, they offer you a bonus during the holidays. If you work every weekend, you get two dollars more an hour. Uh, you know, for some sixteen, seventeen-year-old, it's not bad. It's seventeen dollars an hour. It strikes me that that some of it has to do with culture. Uh, and I'm going to bring another retailer into it that has developed a culture over the years. Costco. When you go to Costco, if you do go, people seem to like working at Costco. Like the employees you run into at Costco, they're oddly happy. It's like Disneyland. Yeah. And the one I go to. But with red vines in the 500 pack. I know what it is. They have a foosball table in the break room. Is that mm-hmm. I? But, that but they you, don't. I've been in the. Break but do you understand room. what I mean? Now I know Costco pays well, yeah. but they're also it has to be more than just pay because everybody's offering more money these days, and they're still not being able to bring people to the front door. So there has to be something about the culture that's created the 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 atmosphere mm-hmm. because I don't know what it is about Costco. The one by my house has had the same employees for the longest time. They're I see there the forever. same people. Yeah. It's not too difficult to figure out. It's treating your employees well. Costco is known as a place where you're treated yeah. well. You know another one? You get paid, a, you know, a, a Fair. salary's good, yeah. Yeah, everything. They have nice but benefits. But there's more than just money. Right. It it's has to be more. It's the way they treat you. Yeah. When you think of other you, stores, big box stores that maybe don't do as good of a job, don't pay as well. UPS is one. You ever met anybody worked at UPS? Oh, yeah. Yeah, careers out of it. Literally, like if you think you just, oh, it's like a part time, you drive the truck for a while. No. How long have you been driving the truck? 42 years. What? Really? Mm -hmm. People go to UPS and never leave. They're like, it's never getting any better than this. Mm -hmm. Friend of the family just retired two years ago from UPS. Yeah. Spent his entire career with them. Yeah. He's uh, sitting on easy street right now, pension-wise. Right. I'll tell you that. Well, they, not only do they pay well, but again, they, there's a culture involved. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lesson to be learned for a lot of these companies out there that are struggling to find people. And that no matter how what what what, you, what sign you put in the window, we're paying 15 an hour, 16 an hour, 17 an hour. It's more than just money for a lot of people. That the culture matters in some way, shape, or form. Because some of these businesses, Target, Costco, UPS... Are not struggling. They're not having trouble hiring people. People want to work there. And maybe more importantly, when they go there, they don't leave. Yeah. yeah. And Target, for some reason, seems to me to have a younger working population, right? Yeah. Like, then say a Walmart. Walmart, Agreed. I, I see more, you know, older people who go to Okay. Eat. Yeah. So there's that. You know, and, and that means something, I guess, to younger people. They kind of want to work in a place where there are more younger people. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. But now you mentioned that, and I'm like, yeah, you know, Target usually seems pretty packed full of... And they're overly helpful to the point of, <laughs> all right, enough. Can I help you? Did you find anything you need? Yeah. You know, so yeah, so I, I they a, do a good job. I had a, a, a grocery store near my house. And um, every time you walked in that grocery store, employees would trip over themselves to help you. <laughs> Give me an example. 
Um, where can I find the salt? They would not say aisle five. They'd say, let me take you to it. Every single employee. To the point that I thought it was weird. And I asked the manager. I talked, I ran it. I, you the manager? Yeah. Can you tell me what's going on in this place? <laughs> because it's weird. And he said, he goes, we, we've, we've instituted this, you know, customer service kind of policy and plan. And, and for example, taking you to the aisle is just one little thing we do. We try to greet customers, repeat customers by name. Like they had all these things they were doing to try to stand out. And I told him, I, I said, I don't know. If you guys cost more or cost less, I just like coming here because everybody is nice, everybody's in a good mood, and everybody trips over. The, you you go to it the makes aisle. A difference. It does, yeah. doesn't it? Really it? does. But the people liked working there too. Yeah. Like you go, um, hey, you're out of stuffing uh, on there. They would say, hold on one second, let me go check the back and see if I have some. I once was looking for a Powerade. Powerade. Yeah. I said you're out of Powerade. The guy goes, hold on one second. Goes in the back and goes, we don't have any. Would you like me to order some for you and call you when it comes in? Where am I exactly? <laughs> this is a grocery store, right? No one's ever said that to me in my life at a grocery store. Let me order it for you and call you when it comes in? Yeah. What? That's that's, great. that's, that's See, culture. I ex- yeah, and I expect that. What I don't expect is when I ask for something and they say, I don't know. Right. Uh, no, that's not an acceptable answer. You want right? to become a Karen? Yeah, have that happen to you. Happy Thursday to you. We're going to jump into the 7 o'clock hour, and we're taking a look at the big stories people are talking about. Judy starts us off. Drug overdoses top 100,000 for the first time in the U.S. That's a 28% increase over the year before, driven mostly by opioids. The Rittenhouse jury ended its second day of deliberations yesterday without a verdict. They get back at it here in just a couple of hours, although the defense has asked for a mistrial again. We'll see how that turns out, Chase. Yeah, President Biden has asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate whether the oil and gas companies have had some illegal activities mm. on why gas prices are so high. Yeah. They are crazy high. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe you guys, are, if you're really worried about that, go take an econ class. It'll explain really quickly uh, about the price of gas and how that works right now. You know, I, I, I saw this... I'm going to admit to kind of a changing opinion on a story. And I think it shows that, you know, when you, when, when more facts come in, you can, you can change your mind on things. I heard about this, this school in Downers Grove. Okay. Uh, the district and a school board meeting that when I saw some clips looked like some pretty angry parents yelling at a school board. Over books. We heard it like that. Mm -hmm. Then you saw students saying the books aren't that bad. You saw parents saying it's pornography. And it made you think about what we're banning books now. We can have a book burning along the way. But the story is more complicated than that. I think that would be the, the, the nicest thing to say. And joining us right now is a parent of one of those students, uh, Terry Newsom. Good morning, Terry. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I am fine. So you have a freshman twins oh my good that's a full-time job in and of itself isn't it yes boy girl boy girl okay and you were at this um this board meeting it it seemed pretty contentious is that a is that a decent way to 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 say yeah i I mean it's a fair thing to say i think it's 
all the board meetings have been contentious throughout the country pretty much. And this is all brand new to me. Um, I started going in August and, you know, between the different topics that, you know, CRT and masks and and the sex ed, which seemed to now move to the forefront when some of the parents are understanding really what is in, in the libraries without our knowledge. Yeah. So the, is this specifically the, the issue that you and, and other parents have? You, you have a group uh, uh what is it, uh, of, of concerned parents, let's call it, uh, who yeah. spoke at this. Is it one book alone that you have an issue with, or is it a, is it a, a bunch of them? Because I do have copies of the, the one book. Yeah, there, there's, there's, a, there's a number of them that are very, uh, very graphic um, in nature, but, you know, this one has the, the sketches, which, you know, is kind of in-your-face pornographic, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, none of the parents care, and I said this in, in, in my speech, and I said it over and over and over again, but, you know, when they report it, they don't <laughs> talk too much about it. It, it has nothing to do with, with sex or g- gender. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a homosexual or heterosexual child. High school is difficult, right? Sure. Coping with your sexuality and having sex or what to do or how to do it is difficult. We get that. And, and, and we don't think, especially for young gay children, it's going to be difficult for them. And books to help them, to support them, to help them embrace that, and it, you know, is, is great. But, you know, I, I hopefully you had a chance to see some of these images. Those are, that's not acceptable if that was a... You know, I had it was a boy and a girl or, mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want any of that stuff in the school. I can't believe, you know, I was kind of shocked when I found out. I was baffled. And then the defense by the school board of D99, it's, you know, oh, it's under inclusion. Well, okay, that's great. Let's all be inclusive, but without sticking, uh, you know, strap-ons in children's mouths. I mean, we could, we could do it. Like, I apologize for that. Um, and, and then you have Oh, don't apologize. It. I'm looking at the the picture right now. It, it is appalling. Right when you yeah, see the, that when, it's in a school, you this, you see the Ill, they're illustrations. To be clear, I, I don't want to call it a cartoon, but they're they're not actual pictures, yeah. but they're illustrations. Um, Extremely graphic sexual acts, yep. and 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 Terry, that's where I come from. I was probably on the side of the school board, going, you know, do we really need to ban books? And maybe you know, the some of these books are important for kids to understand. And then I saw the pictures, and I went, okay, I think you have a point. I think you yeah, you might be on the side of good on this. Would you be okay with these books if they didn't have the imagery? Yeah, so you know, again, if it, it, even like you know, again, I got boy girl twins, right? If if my son or my daughter had books about, you know, like you know, like sex ed books about being a young boy or girl or boy or girl. Right. And things, you know, as your body changes and talking about that stuff, right. That, you know, so we don't have to talk. It doesn't matter. You don't have to talk about dildos and, you know, I mean, it's just not necessary. Right. I mean, and, and, and everyone likes to talk about having privilege and, you know, so it seems like we're being attacked because we're we don't want this in our schools for any child, but then they're spinning on us, and maybe because it is gay or, or you know, uh, mm-hmm. they expect us to say, well, you know, this is for gay children, so you need to accept it. Oh, that's kind of a privilege. I, I don't want it for my kid, but then when we ask you not to have it for all kids, and, and then we're going to be attacked. You know, okay. you can have a special privilege because this is for a gay kid. They shouldn't have. It just doesn't belong in the school. It, well, you know? let me ask you. Yeah, have gay you straighter seen, in the middle. Yeah. Have you seen any books on just straight sex in the library that with these uh, kind uh, of graphic uh, pictures? 
I'm glad you asked that. I have a meeting with other parents on the 23rd from, from uh, 3 to 4 with D99 and the librarians. <clears throat> and if you notice and you saw the speeches, uh, Hank Thiel, who really spins this stuff uh, big time, said there was only two complaints. Well, we just found out and got the formal claim, complaints. He's getting a flood of complaints. I sent the principal, Mr. Schwartz, an email specifically asking him, hey, you know, we saw the kids speak. We heard people on the left, you guys saying, that, you know, we're anti-gay, you know, we don't, you know, you never hear us complaining about these other books, right? Heterosexual books. I said, can you please, you know, bring us those other books that Mm -hmm. were mentioned by the students to this meeting because we want them out too. I mean, it's not like we're just saying we, we, you know, oh yeah, you know, we want them out. There there should be no graphic sexual books in our schools to teach kids how to perform oral sex and strap-ons and just crazy stuff. It's just not necessary. Yeah, I mean, it's not even really about the same sex. It's about the sex. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I look at it, yeah, it's, the, it, I can't, I mean, I'm shocked. I This in a school is Yeah, is I cannot remember seeing anything like this in no. my sex ed classes. We had these horrifically awkward movies that we had to yeah. watch. And, and, you know. I don't know how many of the stories you read in the, you know different reports, because this went all over the country now. Oh, yeah. You know. You know, so some of these writers who are criticizing us about burning books and all this stuff, right, and because it's gay sex between two boys, well, they didn't even know what they're writing. A lot of them didn't even see those pictures that I sent you from the book, right? And you well, did. Kind of, yeah, you yeah. sent us the pictures, the illustrations. Yeah. And again, I think the illustrations are where you've crossed the line. I'm with I'm 100%. Is, is a fair compromise, though? And, and I, I don't know the answer to this from, from you. Again, we're talking to a parent of two, of twins, freshman twins at D99, Terry Newsome. Is, uh, would books like this without illustrations be a compromise? Or Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. I, I think so. I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, uh, it's just not necessary, you know. Well, and these, it, it looks like, from what I can ascertain here really quickly, it looks like it's a book about how to have sex. Yeah. I, that book should really never be in, in a school library, right? It's not, it's never about how to have sex. It's about what it might. Yeah. Actually, that's, that's, a, that's a good comment that I have been missing, and I'm going to use that. <laughs> well, but you also need to, I mean, you need to. Kids need to learn about their bodies and what happens, but they don't need yeah. to learn how to how to do it. It's yeah. you, you lay it. I, I know it's hard to say. Even yeah. you <laughs> lay it out, and then they make that. You know what I mean? You take it from there, yeah. or I yeah. don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe you are supposed to learn that in school. I don't know. <laughs> it's been so long, I can't remember. Yeah, I would be embarrassed. You know, talking to my kids at, at thirteen or fourteen about Oof. this. And, and it should be our decision as parents, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're told it's a okay. comic sketchbook. It's not officially in the library. This is what Hank Deal said. The guy's a clown. <laughs> you know, they, they don't have to read it. Um, if you're a good parent and you trust your children, they could get access to it from their phones and books and like, their um, laptops. Well, yeah, they can. And it's my job to try to, to make sure that doesn't happen as best I can, as you would know if you have kids. But then it's not their job to make that decision with my tax money, all of us parents to say, well, we don't think this is pornography, so screw you. We're going to put it in there and not tell you about it. And if you stand up and talk about it, you're homo- homophobic and anti-gay. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and I, again, I, I think you're on the, on the side of good right now, and we appreciate your time today, Mr. Newsom. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank Thanks. you for Good the luck. That, that's Terry Newsom, uh, uh, father of freshman twins, uh, at, uh, over there at DGS. And, and again, if you, uh, um, if you're, if you think this is about book burning and banning books, you can Google.
on your own, mm-hmm. the book Gender Queer. Yeah, look at the pictures. And look at some of the illustrations, and I think you're going to go, this is outrageous. I can't believe they're doing this to Dear God, that's in schools? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, that's the way I looked at it real quickly and went, that escalated quickly. <laughs> about the same thing uh good morning it's bruce judy and cheese a little warrant for you there oh yeah lead singer warrant what's his name do you remember because i don't i was that was a real question dang it i used to know all of them jamie they all you know just a lot of hair wearing wearing bandanas constantly you know you've seen them uh things are about to get real for your holiday because apparently and news to me the pie shortage is real no. For months, supply chain issues. Where, tell me where you've heard this before. Labor shortages mm. are putting a squeeze on pie makers. Can you believe that? That that is a real thing right now. Some of these pie makers and, and, and the places that, you know, the mom and pops, the places you love to go, the ones that make them by scratch. There's mm. grandma's love in them, for God's sakes, are struggling to keep up. Well, here's an idea. What? Make your own pie. How do you make pie? Oh, good Lord, it's so easy. I have no idea how this happens. Start with buying the pie shell, so then you don't even have to make that. You just go buy it's a It's not shell. a requirement that you, you okay. Make the, sh- yeah, I mean, if you want to make the crust, fine, but, you know, uh, us bakers don't do it. Okay. Then you just put whatever you want in it. You make the pie. What do you want, a cherry pie? Put cherry filling in it. It comes in a can if you'd like. That's how easy it is. Okay, well, help you me out. It, it sounds much easier than it is. I bought the Pillsbury, you know, dough mm-hmm. pie okay. crust. Got it. Put already it in already made in already the shape of a, of a yes. crust. You put it in the pan. Okay, put it in the pan. Put the stuff in, then it had a topping, stuff. right? Put, put cherry. I got the, you know, the cherry stuff right. pie filling. Okay, okay. Put it in there. The crust was horrible. Like, it had no flavor. Did I, I don't know if I did something wrong. So then do you put another crust on top? Yeah. And then, on to, yeah, you need you to get some butter, butter on there. Yeah, see, I just, it depends. And maybe, you put butter on your Pop-Tarts. Why didn't you put butter exactly, on, your, on, your, on pie? your pie? Or you need to do a little um, egg white so that it um, yeah, you uh, lost rounds yeah. nicely. This, this sounds Okay, really but you guys have been obsessing about this Reese's pie. Yeah, I can make it. Okay, well, please do because... Right, I'll try well, to make it today. I'm on eBay right now, yeah. and I'm oh. about to submit my bid. How much? The limited edition, nine inch, nine inches across Reese's peanut butter cup pie. By the way, it has an expiration date of June 2022. So you don't have to eat it all next week. Nice. Although you will. But you will. Yeah. Current bid right now, $510. for a Reese's peanut butter cup pie that. When it went for sale on the Reese's website, what 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 for? Forty dollars. I'm gonna make the pie about the size of a hubcap. I'm gonna make it for five dollars. You can make a I, Reese's I have the pie. recipe here. It what do you mean? There's like a recipe dollars. for Reese's? Yes. Someone came up with it and it worked. It looks just like the pie. Oh man! I'll bring it in. You guys can test it out. Yes, please. Yeah, it's. I just you say that so easy. It's chocolate. Mm. And peanut butter. 
Basically, that's all it is. Yeah, but it's got to be the Reese's peanut butter. Right. Yeah. There's a way that they do. For I don't special. know what they do. Are these are there elves know? involved? Yes, in this? it does, Judy. You can't just slap old yeah. Skippy in there and yeah. call it a Reese's. Oh, for no. Goodness sakes! Why? What's what's so great about Reese's peanut butter? It's really different. Oh, it, is. it does <laughs> taste different. Well, this does. Call, contains this no has peanuts. some almond milk and some canola oil. <laughs> no peanuts. Yeah. So, it probably no. doesn't contain peanuts. You're right. Let's be honest with each other. Yeah. 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 I have all the ingredients except the pie shell, which I'm going to go to the dollar store and buy. I, I don't know. They, they they've been perfecting it for eons, and I don't know how they do it. It's kind of like okay, perfect it. You know what happened? Someone made it by accident, and they go, Thank God. We what a beautiful accident bucks. that was. Yeah, so yeah. perfection. Three and a half, almost three and a half pounds is the pie. 500 bucks. There's 17 bids right now on this just one Jeez. right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's been bid up to $510 on eBay. I am looking oh, at it right wow. now, and it's everything I can do to keep from clicking 525 It's everything I can do, just so we can say we have one. Just so we're clear. It's a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh, yes, it's a go really big one. Go buy one and eat. Go go buy ten and eat ten. Oh, and I think be this is more than eating. ten. Yeah. This is three and a half pounds worth of it. Yeah. You're going to eat one slice. It's the same thing as eating mm, a peanut I gonna butter. Am I going to eat cup. one slice? <laughs> am I going to eat one slice? We have a historic opportunity to creating an honest and ethical government. I want the people of Illinois to know. You ain't seen nothing yet. Now you have it. Hey, good morning. Happy Thursday. Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And Rob Blagojevich is with us right now. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Bruce and Judy. Hello. Hello. I, I want to start with something. We had a debate after we talked to you the other day. Do you like the term Blago? Uh, look, I've been called a lot worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I don't want to be disrespectful because I think I referred right. to you. I think I said Blago at one point and I go, oh, I don't want to be disrespectful. It wasn't my intention. Oh, no, I know that. And it's uh, perfectly appropriate because it's. I've been stuck with that for a long, long time. Uh, I'm not in love with it, but it's. Like I said, I've been called worse than they're certainly worse nicknames you can get, right? Uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and both really, of us have been called them this morning. People had such a difficult time pronouncing Blagojevich. But once you can say it, it just slides it right off the tongue. It flows off the yeah. tongue. Well, you say that, but just the other day, somebody called me Blowhardovich. So <laughs> let's go with Blago. Let's go with Blago. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you can you can listen to Lightning Rod podcast with Rod Blagojevich. You can catch it on WLSAM.com or anywhere that you find fine podcasts. Check out the Lightning Rod podcast. So you are um, listen. The story of your life is amazing in and of itself, but it's there's a new chapter every other day. The latest one is your Hulu documentary is a hit. Being Blago is a smash. No kidding. It, it's nice to know. It, those guys that did that, uh, Justin Allen and Matt Knudsen, young guys, really smart and talented, mostly got it right. They were with <laughs> me for several months, and I kind of grew to like them. You know, and kind of miss them now that they're not in my life anymore. But um, I'm glad to hear that. I hope so. I'm, I'm rooting for them. I mean, there's one thing I'd like to just point out, and I keep doing this because I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. But one thing that was they failed to put in there was that in July of 2015, the appellate court correctly vindicated what I was saying about the so-called sale of the Senate seat. It was never, it, it didn't happen. It was a lie. It was a routine political horse trading is what they called it, and they reversed it. Other than that, I think they... Uh, that and then it was a, a, I have a frivolous, frivolous uh, 
point that I'd like to make. They had me running there a couple of times. The second one, they failed to mention, that was an 18-mile run. And when you, you know, you're getting older, it hurts long and hard, and it hurts. I wish they'd have just told the viewers that it was 18 miles, because that's something that I don't think a lot of governors can do. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I okay. think JB's out running a marathon. No. Yeah, I have to ask you, Rod. <laughs> why do you got to go there? Why do you got to go there? Yeah. That's no, unacceptable. I, gotta, I have a tendency to go there myself. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Rod. For those jokes, it's let's, not right. Let's keep the gloves I'm up. I'm diet on those jokes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good Is for you. Is it important for you, Rod, to be liked? And, and I don't mean to be, you know, I, I'm not being coy here. I mean, some people, they don't care what people think. I feel like you really care what people think about you? That's a good question. Um, I would say yes and no. I would say it, it's inevitable that when you're in a business like politics that, you know, half the people at least are going to dislike you, especially if you're someone who's trying to do things and make a difference because necessarily you're going to up, run up against conflict. Mm. And when there's conflict, there's disagreement, and people then don't appreciate that and they don't like you. But, no, I think I'm more troubled by the fact that I, don't, I just don't like my place in history. I don't like what they did to me and to the people of Illinois. To the day I take my last breath, uh, I know I broke no laws, crossed no lines, and those people who did what they did stole a governor. And surely that has to be criminal. So I do, I do fret over how people think about that. But whether they like me or dislike me on you know, my personality or the positions that I took in government or in politics, that's something that you sort of, if you're in politics, you embrace that. It, but that idea that, you know, I was trying to sell a Senate seat and I was corrupt. It's maddening to me. And so mm -hmm. I guess the answer is yes and no. We're talking to uh, former Governor Rod Blagojevich. Again, the documentary on Hulu right now. It was number number two, so, for goodness yeah. sakes, being Blago. You can watch uh, uh, the episodes. It, it gets into your, your family life as well, to say the least. I, I, I have a question for you. I, I want to fast forward to just modern times right now. Because you have such a unique perspective, you've been in this chair. Can you tell me why, or help me understand why... Governor Pritzker, however you feel about him, continues to remain relatively popular in a time of such upheaval, unrest, uncertainty. Because when you look at some of the public opinion polling out there, he's actually doing pretty good. What is he doing good from your standpoint, or, or at least so that people don't think so negatively of him? Well, um, I think that he... He, he's crafty in that he stays away from the more controversial issues. I know there's the mask mandates and those yeah. sorts of things, the public health stuff, which is part of the job of being governor. But I, I think about the violence in Chicago. I think about Mayor Lightfoot and different things that she could do better, of course. I think this war against the police is preposterous and ridiculous, and it's one of the reasons why there's so much violence in the city of Chicago mm -hmm. and in other places across the country. But Prisker, what he's been able to do is he's been able to stay away from that. He's avoided what I think is a responsibility he has as governor to lend a hand to, to help this mayor do something about protecting lives. Okay. And, you know, 75 to 80 percent of the mass shooting victims, the shooting victims are black people. And so, you know, when you do that, when you're not willing to go out there in the, on the controversial circumstances and, the, and take tough positions and you kind of lay back, you, you don't hurt your approval ratings. Right. And right. You, you know, that's probably good politics, but I think it's failed leadership. And my belief on him is whatever approval rating he has is very thin. It's probably based on partisan polling. 
Okay. You know, more Democrats than Republicans. And I think he's very vulnerable. I think the right kind of mm. Republican candidate can actually beat him in 2022. I think what we saw in Virginia and New Jersey is likely to happen here in Illinois if the Republicans nominate a candidate that can articulate a message and, and a vision for Illinois that's different Ooh. from what Pritzker's been doing. Who is that? Um, yeah, where, where <laughs> are we on your ability Bruce, to like, run for office, Rod? You, you're, you're barred, right? I'm, I, I'm not allowed. Uh, I, I'm the only person in Illinois who can't run for any state or local office, so I Ugh. can't run for governor or uh, mayor or uh, alderman of the 33rd Ward, but the irony is I could run for president of the United States, the United <laughs> oh, States Senate, okay. and right. I'm the United States Congress. Okay. So, Isn't that yeah, bizarre? Um, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, we did. A lawsuit, but, yeah, that's pending, and we'll see what happens. I'm going to, and again, let me just say this, and I think it was clearly, hopefully, the point was made in the documentary. Patty, my wife, who's, what can I say? I've been fortunate and blessed to fall in love with and walk through life with her. She laughs when I say that, but it's true. And the fact that she stayed with me all these years, and they were hard mm-hmm. years for her and for our daughters. She has no interest whatsoever in that political life anymore. She doesn't. Yeah, I think she, she said she no would divorce life. you, right, if you ran again. <laughs> uh, let's just lay it out wow. there. You, you laid it out there. I don't think she said it quite that directly, but she made it abundantly clear. I'm a girl. If that's what she meant. Office, I think that's pretty clear, yes. And so, look, I have an obligation to uh, put my family first above all things, and uh, and that's what I intend to do. But having said that, I, I, you know, I'm not going to ever rule it out. Who knows? Maybe Patty will have a change of heart. But I wouldn't bet on. I was going to say, I, 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 she seemed pretty definitive about that. Uh, Governor, we, we appreciate we appreciate your time today. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Good luck to you guys. Yeah, he's Rod Blagojevich. Again, the Lightning Rod podcast. You can check it out, WLSAM.com, or anywhere you find fine podcasts. And go to Hulu and watch Being Blago. You'll, you'll see his wife say, yeah, you can run for office again, so who's going to be your second wife? Uh, Ouch. There's a mm-hmm. shot across the bow, right? Wow. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a and cheese and i think we need we need a bit of a, a moment of silence right now okay moment of silence for all the people stuck on the on the 55 uh it is ugly oh, yeah. out there a second shooting this morning mm-hmm. um northbound uh 55 at the dan ryan closed they closed wow. it uh, all traffic is being uh, diverted off uh, onto uh, uh, surface streets, so um, we feel your pain. <laughs> we, uh, we we appreciate you spending time with us, and we're going to do our best to try to get you through whatever hellish commute you might be in yeah. this morning. So thank you very much for uh, for choosing to spend time with the world-famous WLS. Did you know you can hear us in 38 states? Dang. 38 states. And a country called Canada. Hmm. Just throwing it heard out of it. there. Yeah. I've heard of it, too. <laughs> uh, has your pet influenced where you live? I'm trying to think of all the times, like, my family moved. Like, we moved from one house to another. And never had I ever heard a discussion in any way, shape, or form about, do you think the dog will like this place? <laughs> it just never came up. I don't think... It's not that we didn't love our dog. It's that... The dog wasn't part of well, that conversation. the problem was you treated the dog like a dog. Like a pet. Like a pet. Like an animal. Not like... That is not what people do. A furry child. Today, yes. The dog has become people's children. They choose not to have children. 
or you know, they're single, whatever. They the dog is now their child. Yeah, but some of them even have. They've got a full family. They have kids, and I could argue they like the dog better than the kids. <laughs> they certainly treat them better. You never went to this going. Do you think the kids are going to like the backyard? No. Does the dog like the backyard? I think the people making those decisions, they don't usually have kids. They're the ones who just have the dogs. And the dog has become the center point of their lives. So we know more and more folks now are not only choosing where to live based on either a a pet policy, if you're you're renting the place, right? I can understand that. But even in how they redecorate their homes, landscape the yards, all of it taking into account what the pooch will like. Yeah. First of all, you better have a good yard. Okay. Yeah. And then they landscape it. And then, you know, the dog house. Gotta have a dog frankly, house. Frankly, I have been, you Heated? know, I've been mm, air conditioned. Nice. It'd be nice. It'd be nice (laughs) for the dog. (laughs) I've been, I I wanted to get my dog a dog house. Uh, They were so expensive. I said, no, he just needed a dog house. Wait a minute. Don't you build a dog house? You can. I'm going to ask Nick to build me one one day. Um, Yeah, that's right. I'll do it. Because these dog houses, it's ridiculous what they charge. They have window, you know, flower boxes and. <laughs> I'm sure they're Wi-Fi the capable. Dog house Wi-Fi. has a flower yeah. box mm-hmm. and Wi-Fi. Big okay. screen. Yeah. Well, you know, along Big the same screen. lines, along the same lines, um now in Chicago, you'll be able to bring Fluffy when you want to plop down and, and have yourself a cold one. Dogs in bars. Mm-hmm. You That's can now do that. Not unusual. I don't think it is. I, I was I was surprised that you couldn't already because for some reason I think I've already seen them and I'm used no, to you seeing have. people have been doing it, but they then okay. the bars have been getting fined. Uh, okay, for some reason Chicago has been on a mission to you know make sure they ferret out. Get it? Ferret uh, the dogs don't from bring bars. Your don't so bring your and to you the know bar. because let's think about it. In bars they cut up limes and lemons, and that okay. was the issue. But I see dogs in restaurants all the time. Maybe not inside as much as outside. Outside, very acceptable. Mm. Yeah, but they've already got turtles running around in some of these bars. Here so we go. Who, you know, what's the big deal? I want to go to a turtle race. So Nick, explain to me Telling the you. turtles, Nick. There's a couple of bars in Chicago. You got Big Joe's in Lincoln Square, Tin Lizzie in Lincoln Park. They have turtle races on Friday night. Friday night turtle well, races. Yes. And this goes back to. Al Capone. Does it really? Yep. He had big plans to monet- make money uh, on this on gambling. Uh, gambling and turtle races at a speakeasies. And because turtle races are kind of slow, you could probably have a couple drinks in the time before well, they finish. I was, gonna, I was thinking you stay there an awfully <laughs> long time yeah. to yeah. wait for that race to end. But his plans fell through back then, and he released uh, 5,000 <sighs> box turtles onto the streets of Chicago. Back in 1930. Oh, but wow. anyways, yeah, you can go Good to some bars grief. around here and bet on the turtles. That, Nick is you know, a walking encyclopedia of turtle knowledge. Who knew? I blame an ex-girlfriend. But. Well, as well you should, yeah. quite honestly. But you can now, again, so you can bring your dog into a bar. That's a good thing. Hey, Bill, in, in Downers Grove, what have you learned about dogs? Well, Bruce, let me, let me just clear something up. Please. Dog, true dog owners and lovers... Their policy is the more people I meet, the more I love my dog. There is that, isn't there? <laughs> right? That is and something every, to be said. Everything, everything from there follows suit. And so you make um, your decisions based on that. That's correct. 
Uh, I've had dogs ever since I was born. We used to raise collies. I just lost my last two about a year ago. Sorry to hear that. And I'm 67 now, and so I feel that I'm too old to be able to have any more. No, I don't you know, think you are. Well, no, I don't want I don't want my dogs out with me because I don't want them to. I don't want to worry at the end if they're going to go to a pounder. Bill, I've got oh, good news goodness. and bad news for you. You're going to live forever. Okay, Bill? I'm just going to tell you right now. Good news, bad news. Thank you for calling, though. We do appreciate it and uh, and your your love of dogs. I grew up but with a see collie. See what he just said? He he doesn't want to outlive his dog. That's, making, that's literally making life decisions. their pets. I used to ride the collie. It was so big. <laughs> no, there's pictures of me like holding on. This dog yeah. was had the patience of Job. Bear was our collie nice. dog and you could hold on to the, the mane and bear would you could do laps around the yard did you have one of those little cowboy hats on you know i don't i don't think you need to start throwing stones Nick. i don't think that's uh necessary good morning happy thursday to you we're going to kick our eight o'clock hour off and we're taking a look at the big stories people are talking about including day three of deliberations getting ready to begin about in the next hour or so up in kenosha in the kyle rittenhouse trial some people surprised it's been going this long the jury has been asking for more and more information leading to more debates in the courtroom geez yeah well, i think i'm about ready to head out and get my booster shot because okay. dr fauci is now saying covid cases among the vaccinated without a booster shot without a booster have been rising so if you have the regular boost, you have the regular shot, but don't have the booster, you might want to think about getting it. Judy? Well, drug overdoses top 100,000 for the first time in the United Ugh. States. That is a 28% increase over the year before. It's driven mostly by opioids. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. I'm still watching that that dope sick. Uh, you know, we put out new episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. every Tuesday. Uh, the documentary about um, Purdue Pharma. Uh, not documentary. The, the show. Uh Based on the true story of Purdue Pharma and and, and how oh, it's, it's it's so frustrating to yeah. watch. It's frustrating to watch. Think about how many lives it's ruined, and then you hear a number like hundred thousand. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. Um, so we know that there is uh, what this infrastructure bill trillion something. I can't count that high. Quite honestly, and, and we talked a little bit about well, how does. Uh, how does Chicago, how does Illinois benefit from that? Who benefits from that? Joining us right now, well, to add a little context to it, for goodness sakes, is Rhett Buttle. And Rhett is the founder of Public Private Strategies, PPS. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, good morning. How are you? So, Rhett, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks out there right now who work for, or maybe even, you know, our audience, they, they own a, a business, a small business, they manage something. How is this infrastructure bill going to impact them? Absolutely. Well, uh, first, I'd like to say it's just nice to see something bipartisan happen in Washington. So a big moment, you know, uh, you saw both sides come together. Uh, and do something that we haven't seen in over 20 years, which is make a critical investment in our infrastructure. Um, and, you know, this is really important, not only obviously for people's lives at home, but quite frankly, it's critically important for our, our national security and just making sure that we're long-term competitive. But I think the question is often like, you think about infrastructure as roads and bridges and we get that, but you know, how does this impact small business owners and workers' lives? And I think there's a number of investments in this law, whether it be helping more small businesses get access to capital, helping to focus on uh, increasing access to reliable and high-speed internet, 
or just making important updates to some of the things that we use every day, like our airports and our ports and waterways. So those are some of the critical pieces that are in the law. So it sounds like small business is going to reap the benefits of big projects, not necessarily that they're specifically getting anything, but just doing all these bigger projects will, what, trickle down to the rising tides, raise all ships. I think it's both. So, you know, there are there are some larger pieces here, right, that are larger sort of investments in broader infrastructure. So the ports and runways and the airports and, you know, remember, most small businesses are are either moving themselves, right, or moving goods. And so that will have a direct impact on them. Uh, but some of those are also sort of rising tide folks. But a lot of what this law does is also provides funding to programs that actually help small business owners directly. So one great example of that is the Minority Business Development Agency, which really looks at businesses that have growth potential. Small businesses create two out of every three new jobs in our country. This law actually makes MBDA, or the Minority Business Development Agency, which sits under the Department of Commerce, a permanent agency. And that agency actually funds businesses and business sports organizations. So in some ways, you know, businesses will benefit directly from the funding that's in this law. You know, when we talk about infrastructure, again, uh, if I'm being a simpleton, I apologize. But I just think about construction. You know, I just think about this is uh, shovels and dump trucks. A works and program. Yeah. Is there more to infrastructure than just the concept I have of we need a new coat of paint? We need to fix that bridge? Look, I think about it that way, too. I think that's the way that we're all kind of like programmed when we think about it, right? And so roads and bridges are one way to think about it. Um, but we also have to think about things like, as I've talked about, airports and waterways. But beyond that, uh, infrastructure is a really important way, for example, to fight climate change. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that's super important in this law is that there's a large investment uh, in uh, making some of our infrastructure more resilient. So, for example, there's $47 billion in the law to, to address uh, waste management, flood mitigation, wildfire drought. And, and things like uh, uh, making our coast more resilient. So um, we have to think about infrastructure in a much more broader way. And as you know, there are some social infrastructure pieces in this law, and Congress is also currently debating the Build Back Better Act, which also looks at some more of the social infrastructure pieces like paid leave and making sure workers and businesses are able to access more affordable child care. So that's an ongoing conversation in Washington as well. Understood. And I, because you mentioned the climate change. So when we talk about infrastructure and all the building, are we, are we looking to the future? Are we doing it differently or are these the same old kind of brick and mortar and cement kind of projects? Or is, is there any difference that way, you know, focusing on climate change? So a few things, you know, some of it is investments and things that work well and have always worked well. Um, but but a lot of this is investment in the future and sort of looking forward. And so I said at the top, you know, this is not only sort of like a critical investment in now, but quite frankly, as we're thinking about how our country is going to be competitive with other countries and in particular in China, we haven't made an investment in our people and in our infrastructure in over 20 years. So just a, one good example of this is, you know, this law allocate 73 billion for grid reliability, right? And so that allows critical materials and supply chains for clean energy technology. So, you know, we're often not thinking about the grid. We just sort of flip on the switch in our, in our, in our homes. We assume we, it we works. <laughs> we assume it works. We need it to work. Um, but, you know, there's a lot that goes behind that. And this okay. law provides a lot of to make that happen. I thought it was just magic. Yeah, it might as well be. Hey, Rhett, thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. 
Thank you all so much. Have a great day. Rhett Bottle, founder of the Public Private Strategies on how the new infrastructure bill will impact small business and workers. And so I guess I can understand it on a certain sense because, again, I, I just I default to, well, if you're in the construction business, it's going to be good for you. Mm-hmm. But I, I, can, I can acknowledge that a small business, whatever you're in right there, you depend on a working infrastructure to grow your oh, business. Sure. I mean, you, you need a you need a, a road, right? You need a sidewalk, <laughs> you need internet. You consistent. Water. You, yeah. you, you, know, you need these things to work so that you can continue to conduct business in some way shape or form because we've seen in certain communities when you know, the water system is is contaminated or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just the People, it's all the businesses in oh, that yeah. area that are impacted as well. So right? I, I can understand it. I, I, I see it like that. I still want to see it put into, uh, put into place. And I'm just color me as skeptic. It just when you're talking about such huge dollars, I just worry about the amount of waste, waste. fraud, and abuse uh, okay. that, that that come along with anything that you uh, you put the word trillion to. Right. You I know mean, what I'm these saying? numbers are 47 billion. Seventy-three billion. I mean, for each of these pro, it, it's so much money. It is a lot. And I, I hearken back to COVID. All the COVID money. Remember? Yeah. I, everyone, you know, people are rich because of COVID. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It didn't. It didn't go where it was supposed to many times. So sadly, yeah, and we hopefully see that there when, will be checks and balances on this. When government starts handing out money, you can get a. a little, Don't worry. Little you crazy. can trust government and trust your elected huh. officials with mm-hmm. all that money. Good morning, Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. It is John Howell was just speaking about that Rittenhouse verdict. It could happen today. There's no doubt about it. They've already spent nearly two days deliberating uh, yesterday, a, a full day. And it was kind of, there were some interesting things that happened. The jury asked to see one of the videos again. And this is a video that was taken by a drone. A drone. Was this the FBI's drone? Is that, that's a whole other argument, right? That the FBI is flying drones around, taking video of everything. But I think it was the FBI's drone that showed kind of the movement. Uh, you know, obviously from above, not that far above, but above, uh, seeing how people were moving around. And that started a debate between the prosecution. Well, and I think the it defense. showed it showed the defendant with the gun and whether he fired into the crowd or not because he said he didn't. Yeah, and. Obviously, this is a point of contention in the, in the in the jury room, in the deliberation room, and so they went a little bit back and forth on it. And this is this is a little of what that sounded like. Um, this is the judge ruling on: Should the jury be able to watch this video multiple times? Can they freely talk? Which is what we want. We want freedom of expression between the jurors. And so as they watch these videos, and to me, if they want to watch it a hundred times, that's them. Yeah. yeah so the he, did, defense, he didn't want to the limit The defense it. wanted to limit the number of times. They said, you know, I mean, they can watch it, but how many times do they need to see yeah, it? Yeah, he said they should only... Well, how was, about as many times as they want? Many times as evidence. it takes. Just like seeing a piece of testimony. You know, they go back over. What, you can only read it twice? You know, I mean, it did seem like an odd objection, Mm -hmm. to say the least, that you would object to that. So then that leads us to believe it's very important. If they're trying to argue it. Now, there was something that did come up, and it's interesting. Uh, The video in question, the defense asked for a mistrial because 
How many times, how many times has this happened to you? The video quality that they had was not as good as the quality the prosecution had. The video was much clearer, crisper. I could argue you could actually see a hell of a lot more detail. The one the defense got, and it has to do with going from an Apple to an Android. Like, literally, yeah. it's a, a conversion and, and compression and bit rate, We've probably. We've all been there. We've all been We've there. We've all been there. <laughs> but they're, they're arguing that because they didn't have a good quality version of it, was their case tainted in some way, shape, yeah, or Yeah, was it compromised? And again, going back to that, if that's a key, vital piece of evidence where he did or did not shoot into the crowd. You would you would want to have the best. The best, yeah, clarity on that. And I, I'm going to, they probably saw it in court, which is why they said, oh, wait, that video looks a lot better than the one we have. Um, it seemed like it could be probably an easy fix. I saw the them video. side by side, and there's no doubt that it's different. Do you, do you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, okay, you need well, a magnifying video, glass. Does it, do you have a different outcome by looking at each of them? No. Uh, the one that the prosecution has, I'm going to use terms that I might not understand. It looks cropped. So it is more of a close up, and maybe that's why it's blurrier. Oh, because they zoomed in. When you zoom in, you lose. Do you understand oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like some of the yeah. fringes are not on the one they have, so it's more of a compressed look at, you know. Does it show the same it thing? It shows everything the same, but the detail yeah. is no doubt you could see much more specific detail in the one the prosecution has as opposed to the one the defense oh, well, has. Oh, then it is different. Yeah. It, you can I, see more detail, that's a big deal. So have they laid out uh, a potential for a mistrial should they lose? By the way, a reminder. The prosecution can't ask for a mistrial. That's that, that's not a thing. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Only the defense gets to ask for it. So if oh. the prosecution loses, they go, we don't like this, we want to do it again. No, that's against the law. That's called double jeopardy. You get tried once for it. You get found innocent. That's that's on the prosecution. Otherwise, you'd have people like, you know, OJ might still be in trial. Yeah, <laughs> You just keep trying oh, him over again. and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, no, only the defense can ask for a mistrial. Although the judge has not ruled on that on that mistrial so far. I do find it interesting that we are... Two days into deliberations for something where if you would have asked me, and I think I said it on the radio, so I'm not backing off of it. I thought they were going to come back pretty quick. Yeah, I really did. I thought based on the evidence they'd seen that they'd come back really quick. Now, they did get some very specific instructions from the judge before they headed in to deliberate. And I think the fact that we're going on day three here just you know, within an hour of deliberations means there's some genuine disagreements in that in that jury room. Well, yes, that could be that. Or they could just be looking at the evidence very closely and methodically, which is what they're charged with. That's what juries are supposed to do. Look at all the evidence, talk among yourselves and come to a conclusion. It's not, you know, I, I mean, I... I I know I think the same thing because the trial was so quick. We think the jury was going to come back quick. But when you think about it, there's a this is a kind of a close what you would call a close case, right? It's mm-hmm. not open and shut by any means. I so agree. I think, and I think and I think here's where you come into that. The judge, one of his instructions to them was 
they could consider lesser charges. Mm-hmm. So is this jury mm-hmm. looking at this going, this isn't first-degree murder? It's not. I, I, I don't think they prove first-degree murder by any stretch of the imagination. But is it a lesser charge? Is it, and I don't know all the Wisconsin charges because they, they call things differently, but are they debating some sort of punishment as opposed to, nope, this is perfectly normal. And don't forget, one person on that jury could say, this is first-degree murder. It could just be one whole thing. This is first-degree murder, and then, now, because that's, if you've ever said in a jury, it goes back and forth sometimes. Yeah. Not guilty. Guilty. You know, half of us now disagreeing. Most of us agreeing. It it could go on and on. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm looking for those alerts. I'm I'm tuning into WLS all day, (laughs) trying to find out exactly when. They'll give us a bit of a heads up when the jury's coming back. Uh, FYI, you will get a little bit of a a heads up, uh, usually 20, 30 minutes or so uh, before they read a verdict. So we're obviously watching that all day long. If this was the Abba Christmas song, I'd be into it. Uh, Good morning. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese, and a, a happy Thursday to you. We're getting some more info on the, well, on the... Some of the COVID numbers that we're seeing out there. And I think it's, I I happen to think it's relatively interesting, especially when you look at who and where. Judy, we'll start with who, what group are the numbers increasing? Yeah, young people. In the past two weeks, the average number of youth cases ages 0 to 17 has risen from uh, 628 a day to over a thousand a day, about a 62% increase. And then when you look at that, so we know it's the younger people who just recently, some of them just recently became all eligible, groups. right? Yeah, even the, the eligible groups, the ones who have been eligible all for along. a while, yeah, yeah they're all, all those groups are up. Um, and that's a concern. I, I, I will acknowledge that. That, that, is, that is a concern moving forward. But all neighborhoods aren't alike. Nice way to put it. I got a map. Ready for this? You guys can help me understand this a little bit. So citywide, the COVID positivity rate is around 1%. Okay? Citywide. But when you look at zip codes, there are four zip codes that are way up. I'll give you an example. The 60655, Beverly, Mount Greenwood has a positivity rate at five and a half. Again, Ooh. citywide's at one. So that is... Carry the three. Five and a half Significantly times more. Significantly more. Right? It's a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 60621, that's Auburn, Gresham, Inglewood. They're, they're sitting at 4.9%. The 60622, Ukrainian Village, 4.4%. And then there's one that's a little combination, it, it, the two of them together, which include Westtown, uh, Hegwish, Edison Park, and South Lawndale are at 4.3%. So it's not everywhere. It's like, uh, what do you want to say, hot spots, if you will, where you're seeing these numbers go up. Well, uh, Beverly, Mount Greenwood... What's that? Yeah. Very big population of city workers. 
Okay, yeah. True. Down, down on the, the, south, the southwest, southwest corner of the city. Yeah. Same with Edison Park. Okay. They're in it a little bit more. But yeah. North side. Uh, north mm-hmm. side, yeah. South side, north side. So that's interesting that that's the highest. Yeah. That's at 5%. Five. So. Which is, again. Well, we, we've heard about the. Significantly you know, higher. Yeah. Than the rest of the city. Yeah, but we've heard that police and fire are, you know, they're, I think, believe they're still in court over it. They have been fighting the vaccine mandate, so it's not that unusual that they would be that high. And then we still have the, um, what do I want to call it, the, the racial aspect of... Um, yeah, a lot of those other areas. Black communities, minorities. minority communities mm-hmm. that are traditionally uh, skeptical. Is mm-hmm. that the terminology I yep. should use? Or hesitant to these things, uh, distrusting government, even more so than we have, uh, at least when it comes to those things. So you see those numbers up there. So younger and specific neighborhoods seem to be the the, the bigger issue, if you will. Because all I'm looking at, and I just want to get to the point when we get back to some assemblancy of... what. I, I, I'm going to say normal, but what I what I mean is an acceptance that COVID is going to be a normal part of American life, like the flu is. Uh, you can take steps to protect yourself against it. You may get sick. You could even die. But we're not going to shut down cities, economies, restaurants, buildings, whatever, because of it. That we're going to give uh, access. And information to people to make smart decisions. And then we're going to move forward. I'm triple vaxxed. Yeah. I've done everything I can do. I feel confident and comfortable that I have protected myself. I suggest you do the same. And I suggest you also don't sit around waiting for me to save you. Because it's going to take a while. <laughs> You're going to be waiting a while. You're going to be waiting a long time, right? Might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to hell in a handbasket, though. That's why Judy says she can restore your faith in humanity. Well, after an accidental Thanksgiving invite in 2016, introduced Jamal Hinton and Wanda Dench, they're still going strong. Now, the two met when Dench sent a text inviting Hinton over for dinner. It was actually meant for her grandson, who had changed his phone number. Instead, Hinton got the message while sitting in class at an Arizona high school. The two figured out the mistake, and then they laughed and sent each other selfies. And then Hinton asked if he could still come over. Dench texted, of course you can. That's what grandmas do, feed everyone. The two are still celebrating the day together. Jamal says they're all set for year six. He's documented the holiday each year on his social media. Last year, Dench's husband died of COVID, but they still spent the holiday together. Hinton posted this Thanksgiving, along with all the holidays coming up, won't be the same as past ones, but we will make the best of it. And they still do. A chance encounter, a little kindness. Yeah. A great Thanksgiving. That's really cool. Wow. I remember the first year that happened. I go back to I remember that. That's cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. Great story in and of itself. Reminding yourself. And hey, good things out there. Restoring your faith in humanity. Hey, thanks a lot to uh, MG and the posse over there in Mission Control. They hit the buttons and make things happen. We appreciate their work. Infant producer Miranda, she's on the other side of the double pane bulletproof class. DJ Chee's been working the ones and twos all morning long. Thank you, sir. Sorry for the ABBA. And Coldplay. And Coldplay. <laughs> and apologize for the Coldplay. Don't forget that. Apology accepted. And Nick Gale, he's standing by. The news, the weather, the traffic for some mm-hmm. of you. Sorry about that. Our hearts go out to you stuck out there. Don't worry. Nick's got all the latest information you need. It's coming up next on 890 WLS. The Bruce St. James Show. 
on 890 WLS.